You picked the right episode to meet Del Reed, who took his Buffalo Bills fandom to the extreme. He's a longtime fan and supporter of the Bills. Through many of the good times and bad, he sparked a movement called Bills Mafia and is founder of 26 Shirts, which helps people in the Buffalo area that are less fortunate through Buffalo Bills-oriented merchandise. We talked to Del in just a moment about his projects. This is the Pigskin Daily History Dispatch, a podcast that covers the anniversaries of American football events throughout history on a day-to-day basis. Your host, Darren Hayes, is podcasting from America's North Shore to bring you the memories of the gridiron one day at a time. So as we come out of the tunnel of the Sports History Network, let's take the field and go no huddle through the portal of positive gridiron history with pigskindispatch.com. This podcast is part of the Sports History Network, your headquarters for the yesteryear of your favorite sport. You can learn more at sportshistorynetwork.com. Hello, my football friends. This is Darren Hayes of pigskindispatch.com. Welcome once again to the Pigpen, your portal to positive football history. And welcome to another episode where we get to have a guest on. You don't have to hear me talk the whole time. That's a great thing. And it's a very interesting guest and one from uh, my neighbor to the I guess to the east and north in Buffalo. And we talk a little bit about Buffalo Bills and some great projects he has. It is Del Reed of 26shirts.com. Del, welcome to the Pigpen. Hey, thanks so much for having me on. I've been looking forward to this. Yeah, we've uh, met back in April up at a, a PFRA mini convention and uh, you spoke up there and you had some great things to say. Very interesting. And I'm excited to have you on to share uh, some of these things with the the audience. And, uh, you know, we're, we're pumped about this because it's football season. Yeah, all right. Yeah, it, it was great meeting you as well. And I appreciate the, uh, the invitation to come on. I'm looking forward to uh, digging into everything that's going on. Okay, we're going to get into to your company and your products here in a bit. But before we do that, as we commonly do, uh, we want to get to l- know a little bit more about you and your football fandom. So, Del, why don't you tell us, you know, maybe uh, real briefly, how you got involved with uh, loving the game of football to the point of, uh, you know, having a, a company that's surrounding itself, you know, towards a, a football team in the National Football League. Yeah, so I was raised, uh, like many Western New Yorkers, in a Bills-loving home. Um, just, you know, fandom for the team was never an option. It was just, you know, that's just, you know, it's just part of, who, you know, who we were. Um, I always make the joke that a lot of Catholic families grow up, and sometimes they have like an 8 by 10 or a picture of the Pope on the wall. Um, I grew up with a plaque with O.J. Simpson on the wall. Uh, <laughs> it came down. It came down in 1994 because, you know, obviously, but, um, but that's just, that's the environment that I was raised in. You know, we, you know, we, it was the, the bills every Sunday was appointment television. My parents were really big on, uh, not only just enjoying it, but enjoying it with people. So, you know, as we as I was growing up, they would have friends over, you know, once I got a little older, uh, you know, high school, college, I would have my friends over and we all would just, you know, watch the game together and just, um, we all scream and yell and cry <laughs> and everything that goes, goes along with being a, a diehard fan. But that was kind of how I, you know, entered my fandom was birth, I guess is the best way to put it. 
Okay, so long tenured Bills fan. We we know uh, we can imagine that there's been some some spots where you've had some heartbreak. We we won't even discuss those. It's this is a happy place. But how about tell us maybe what are, what are some of the more the high points of uh, being a Bills fan that you really enjoyed? You know those moments that just made you say these guys are doing really good. Those are special moments. Well, you're right. There was a long pause between those moments uh, in my life, but um, you know. Being able to, you know, at a relatively young age, my teenage years, watch players like Jim Kelly, Thurman Thomas, Bruce Smith, uh, you know, all all this talent, you know, so many Hall of Famers and frankly should be Hall of Famers on one team together. Uh, just, it was just, it was amazing. It was amazing to watch. It just, they, they made it seem so easy. Um, normally till about the end of the year, but like they, they made it seem so easy to, to to win football games. You really take for granted um, how great they were. And then, you know, after this pause that, you know, uh, we, you know, went through for so many years, this the, the playoff drought and years of frustration and wondering if they were ever going to be good again. Um, now, you know, the team has Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean and obviously Josh Allen and just, the way that they're able to put talent around Josh Allen every year, every year it feels like the window is closing for this team. And then you remember that like, Oh yeah, they have Josh Allen. So they're going to be fine. And players around the league want to play with a player like that. And so they get such great, uh, such great deals. with A lot of these well-established veterans. Um, But yeah. So, I mean, for me, you know, the, the peaks in my fandom, you know, we're obviously the Super Bowl years and feel like we're in the middle of one right now. Yeah, I think you're definitely right. Uh, uh, the importance of a franchise quarterback definitely helps uh, inspire teammates around and, and draw some uh, free agents and uh, mm-hmm. even some rookies that want to come in and play and coaches too. You know, they want to be around that winning spirit and definitely got something going there in Buffalo, especially the last few years. And hopefully it continues mm-hmm. on here forward. So Nate, Luke, why don't you tell us a little bit about, we, we, described in the beginning in the intro that you are with 26shirts.com a company that you founded and it's kind of an interesting name you can go a bunch of different ways if you try to imagine uh, what that means but why don't you tell us what 26 shirts uh, means yeah absolutely so before i get into 26 shirts i have to get into bill's mafia um as one of the co-founders you know having coined that term it's become a synonymous now with you know bill's fans and the team itself has adopted that as the official name of the fan base, which is always surreal and will never get old and still <laughs> surprises me every time I see something. Um, but um, I found myself with a social media audience, 2011, 2012, 2013, and those early Bills Mafia days. And, you know, I always have said that, you know, whether you're going to Marvel Comics or the Bible, right? Marvel says, you know, with great power comes great responsibility, Uncle Ben to Peter Parker. And, you know, the Bible says to whom much is given, much is required. You know, I had this social media audience like in my lap and I wanted to do something productive besides just, you know, you know, making fart jokes and making fun of the Patriots for being cheaters and stuff like that, which <laughs> uh, they have their place on the Twitter timeline. But I really wanted to do something productive. And, you know, we tried a couple of different things in those early Bills Mafia years. We would do like fundraiser tailgates and and stuff like that. But in 2013, I had this idea to, because even during the middle of the drought, like Bills fans never stop repping their team. They never stop loving their team. They're always hungry for merchandise, ways that they can express their fandom and their love uh, for the Buffalo Bills. And so I had this idea to sell limited edition t-shirts. It was going to be a one-year community service project. 
because I was employed somewhere else. I wasn't looking to start like a company or anything like that. Um, one year project where we would release a different shirt every two weeks, 52 divided by two is 26. That's where the weird name comes from. Mm-hmm. And the, that's where, you know, that was, that was the whole idea. We're gonna do 26 different shirts, 26 different families, and then we're gonna be done. And it just was so well received by fans. And um, we just had, you know, honestly, it was, it was, we had a good thing going, you know, we were selling shirts. People liked the shirts. Uh, we had so many different artists that were reaching out at the time back then we were strictly freelance artists. And then obviously we had a lot of families reaching out because um, you know, the idea where we, we can take somebody's love, their fandom and give them a product that supports, you know, that other fans who share that fandom um, was, you know, it was just, it was a big win. And so we had people reaching out. And so at the end of the, the 26 shirt, we realized, you know, we could probably keep doing this. So we did a second volume of shirts. And, you know, during that volume, uh, I got laid off from my job and, you know, with my wife's blessing, because we're a team, uh, we decided like, let's see if we can make this shirt thing work full time. And it's had its ups and downs, but we've always managed to, you know, pay our bills and make payroll and, you know, keep helping the community through these shirts. And uh, we've just been, you know, enjoying the ride so far. Well, I mean, that's a great story. Now, are you able to share maybe some of the stories of some of the folks that you're helping out uh, so people understand yeah. what you're exactly what you're doing? Yeah, absolutely. So the very first shirt that we helped, uh, somebody had reached out to me because of the Bills Mafia presence and asked that I would share this online raffle that he was doing. And uh, it was... Uh, a, an autographed Mario Williams jersey, which at the time was uh, <laughs> a big deal. Now maybe you can, or not as you know difficult to find or obtain, probably um, at least not as expensive. Um, but not only that, was it you know an autographed jersey of the highest paid athlete in Buffalo sports history? But also he won it from a gold medal Olympian swimmer in Summer Sanders. And so I'm not really a big memorabilia guy, but I can understand you know the the different layers that stuff like this has. I'm like, you know, I look at his Twitter bio and I see, oh, he's a big Bills fan, you know? So I said, okay, dude, why are you, okay, before I share this, you know, cause we weren't looking to help people just make money with our, our social media. Like you gotta have a reason. Um, we're not ha- trying to help you sell your car or do whatever. Uh, so I said, all right. So before we share this, um, can you explain to me like what, why you want to get rid of what seems like a pretty cool item? And then he goes on to tell me about his daughter, Amber, who was two years old at the time. And she had a condition called retinoblastoma, which is basically eye cancer. Um, mm. They had uh, she had one eye removed already, and she was having chemotherapy chemotherapy applied directly to the other eye. They were from Olean, New York, in the southern tier of New York State, um, and they at that time now were living in North Carolina. And she was getting her treatment at Memorial Sloan Kettering in New York City. So, and that's when I learned, like, even the best health insurance in the world isn't going to cover travel costs. It isn't going to cover, you know, lodging for the family. Sometimes, you know, families can get lucky and there's a Ronald McDonald house situation or something like that, but it doesn't cover lodging. It doesn't cover food for the families um, outside of the patient. It's, it doesn't and, cover, and you know, certainly no cheap date either. No, 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 no. Right. Um, and it certainly doesn't cover, you know, lost wages because you have to, a lot of people have to like leave their jobs so they can support their child. Um and so, you know, I'm hearing, you know, Amber's story and I was just, you know, I was moved to tears just reading it. And I was like, yeah, no problem, man. I'm happy to help you out. You know, I'll share this raffle you have going on. And Amber uh, was really the inspiration for this. So I always bring her up when people ask, you know, about people we helped and everything. Um, 
And I'm happy to say now here it is almost 10 years later and, you know, she still has her, her one eye and um, she's great. She's, you know, cancer free. She's, she's really thriving. So it, it's just awesome to play a small part uh, in, in that story. And then there's the other side of things where another family that we helped early on, uh, Nathan Brundage uh, was dealing with cancer and had the opportunity to get to know his family, you know, a little bit, you know, during his battle. And, you know, it's not every story has a happy ending when it comes to the families we help. And so, you know, we tried to be there with them through everything. And he's a great kid, great family. Um, and, th- you know, families like that, that's why we exist. We love making cool bills stuff, bills related stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, we love making just fun merchandise that people can wear. But at the end of the day, like our story isn't, isn't t-shirts, it's families in need. And I always tell people, even though we're called 26 shirts, we're not a shirt company. We're a fundraising company. We're just masquerading as a shirt company. Um, so yeah, that, those are you know two great examples of families we've been honored, privileged to help. Um, and yeah, every every family that we help. And now we're doing a different shirt every week. So it's a two-week campaign. They overlap with each other. So now we're trying to get through 52 families a year. Um, but every family that we help, they're not a number. You know, they're not like every Monday. It's not like it's not just another Monday for us. You know, these families, we have like a four or five month waiting list and uh, these families are waiting for their turn, you know. And so we have to make sure that every Monday we do the absolute best we can do to to provide them with a a shirt campaign that's going to have the best potential possible. Obviously, we can't make people buy shirts, but we can do as much as we can on our end to make it a cool product that people want to buy. Wow, man, that is just such great, powerful stories, both of Amber and Nathan's story. And, you know, I think in both cases, no matter what happens, ultimately, I bet you just what you and your your team is doing there just brings a little bit of relief and a, a smile to the face of the families and the, the person that's uh, the, being getting the treatment or whatever, uh, you know, spot they're in. And uh, just to give them a little bit of a relief is probably, you know, worth more than any money you bring into them so that somebody cares and uh, cares enough to, to go in, in their name and do a project uh, yeah. of this. So that's a great thing you're doing. So good, good job. So well, it's a team effort. Thank you. It's a team effort. I got a great team. I got great fellow fans that believe in what we're doing. So it's certainly not the Dell Reed show. Well, you know, I, I look at your, your website. I was looking at it earlier, look a couple of days ago as well. And you have such a variety of creative web of uh, shirts your designs i mean the graphics it's not just uh you know just words plastered on a t-shirt uh it is in some cases but they're very creative i mean i i go through here and i see sort of movie themed ones uh you know i see one with uh you know a, a shark from the 70s movie i see one with a famous artist uh barb ross uh you know sort of uh, mm-hmm. logo looks sort of like him of course you know some more buffalo inspired things with uh you know, with the bison on there and stuff, but uh, just who does the creative uh, genius of thinking up things like this to have something different every single week? Yeah. It's a team effort. Again, you know, sometimes there's certain ideas are mine. It's rare becoming more and more rare. I always joke. I'm out of ideas. We've been doing this for 10 years. Like I'm out of ideas, (laughs) but (laughs) um, we have a really creative team. You know, what's really cool is like everybody from our creative director, you know, all the way to our inventory manager, everybody we have here, you know, at 26 shirts is, uh, has a create, has a creative mind and, uh, it has, is great at coming up with this stuff. And sometimes one employee will come up with an idea and then another employee kind of like 
piggybacks on that. And then like another employee is able to like really drive it home um, and come up with something um, that's perfect. And, you know, we have our creative director and we have our graphic design artist. So two great um, artists on staff that are able to bring these ideas to life. Sometimes, you know, um, you know, they, it's their idea soup to nuts and that's great too. And then sometimes we have, you know, local freelance artists that come up with ideas or even just Joe Bill's fan will, will text us or email us or tweet us or whatever with an idea. And we'll be like, you know what? That's really good. (laughs) And so we'll go, we'll go down, we'll go down that path as well too. So really it is like a, again, not to overplay it, but it's a team effort, like a team that expands past the walls of, you know, our office. It really is a community collaboration. Wow. That's a, that's great that you have a community involvement in that. Now, I guess as we start to transition more into the football side of things on this conversation, I mean, we say we put the good stuff at the beginning. We're going to talk about, you know, the football stuff, which, uh, you know, a lot of our audience is interested in as well. But mm-hmm. you you talked earlier about being one of the, the co-founders of Bill's Mafia, sort of coining that phrase. And, you know, we see it, you know, the media we know is accepted at the national media. Uh, you know, I live 100 miles away from Buffalo. I It's definitely has a presence here in Pennsylvania. And uh, but. You know, how is the the Bills organization and the NFL themselves? Uh, how how do, do they feel about you know having that Bills Mafia? Well, the the team itself adopted the term in 2020. So after nine years of us being like our own little fan group name, like they tra- they trademarked it to be honest with you. And, oh, did, okay, uh, but they brought me in. People think that it was like stolen or swiped out from me. Like they brought me in and said, hey, listen, this is the direction we want to go. We think it's great what you guys have been building and working on, and we really want to take it to the next level. And um, you know what? Like this, at that point, too, like I was so into 26 shirts. 20, you know, Bill's Mafia had grown to the point where it belonged to everybody. I was like, all right, how can I help? You know? And uh, it's so it's, we're going to a game tomorrow, and uh, it's it's surreal. It's so – I can't even I – don't, I don't know what the word is to be at a, you know, a Bills game, like the team that I've loved since birth, like I said earlier, like has been a part of my life to be at the game and then hear over the loudspeakers at the stadium, like, all right, stand up Bills Mafia. It's like, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's crazy. It, it, so it's, it's, it's awesome just to even end up being a footnote, you know, in the team's history, you know, having your name on the team's Wikipedia page is crazy. <laughs> so like, you know, that's, it's, it's, it's it's an honor. It's great. It's fun to play. It's fun. And it's an honor to play the role, you know, that, you know, I, along with like my co-founders and everything uh, that we've been able to to play all these years. Uh, that's definitely a cool story. I'm I'm glad that they sort of, they look at it more of a, like a partnership type relationship. It sounds like we're, you know, they, they, they recognize that you were part of that the first nine years and they've adopted it. So that's an awesome mm-hmm. thing. So real cool. So okay, yeah. let's let, let's get into the bills now. Just uh, you know, full disclosure to the audience, we are recording this on Friday, the day before the Bills' first preseason game. They play the Colts, and so we'll be airing it after that. So we don't know the outcome, but what are the expectations for the twenty twenty three Bills this year? Yeah, great question. So I mentioned earlier how everybody seems to think at the end of every season. Uh, that the Bills Super Bowl window is closing. And, you know, how are they going to be able to bring in talent? You know, you know, Josh Allen, they're paying him so much money. How are they going to be able to build a, a, a strong roster around him? 
And every year people say that. And then the next season, it feels like the roster is better than it was the year prior. And I feel like that's the case this year. They were able to upgrade the offense. They were able to upgrade the defense. Um, Now, the only question for the Bills in 2023 is going to be, like, were the improvements that they made on their team enough to keep pace ahead of the Jets and Dolphins? I'm not worried about the Patriots, which is a weird thing to say now in life still. But like, I'm not, we're not really, those fans aren't really worried about the Patriots at this point in history. But um, the Jets, you know, they acquired Andrew, uh, Andrew, what was that? Aaron Rodgers and uh, the Dolphins, you know, they built up their team even they, more. They put a lot of people on. Maybe they got a- Andrew Rodgers too. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> they sure did. Yeah. Right. So, um, but, you know, both those two, you know, division mates really, you know, up their game. So I guess that's the question. Like the bills were ahead at the end of the 2022 season. Um, did their improvements keep them ahead, you know, going into 2023 and we're not going to find out until they play the games. Yeah, that's definitely true. Now. Okay. I'm, I'm going to talk to you from somebody that's not in the Buffalo bills market, even though I am, we're in their television market here in Erie, but uh, you know, I don't hear the radio and the, the local fans talking about Buffalo. Uh, I'm listening more from a national uh, aspect from the 50,000 foot level and the Buffalo bills talk going in this preseason. It's as national media likes to do. They sensationalize everything and sort of try to focus on negative things, but you know, the Stefan Diggs uh, situation with uh, some, some, a little bit of uh, t- tenseness there with him and the team possibly. And also the status of DeMar Hamlin and his, his possible return. Maybe uh, if you could speak about, about those two. Yeah. I, I really think that the Diggs situation was overblown. Uh, if you've listened to any interviews that he or his teammates have had, uh, since training camp began, like there's nothing, there's nothing there. There's nothing there. He has, still has the same rapport with Josh Allen. He's still, uh, a, a, you know, a gamer and he's not going, people were talking about, uh, him possibly being traded. That was never happening. He would just look at his contract after signing the extension. There's no way the bills would move on from that contract there. The, the penalty, you know, not to get too salary cappy, but like the, the, the penalty on the salary cap would have been ridiculous. There's no way that was happening. Um, and I don't think that that's what Stefan Diggs was looking for. He was upset. He's a he's a professional athlete who takes his craft seriously. If you've ever seen any of his workout videos um, from the offseason, like the stuff that he does is mind-numbingly boring. <laughs> but like mm. he has such a dedication to his craft. It's just amazing to see an actual athlete train. Um, and, I shouldn't say an actual athlete, but to see an athlete like actually train um, it, it just the, the nuances, the little things that he does. So he, he wants to win. And that's what it came down to was frustration with not winning. Um, and I, you know, he's talked through it with the coaches and players. I don't think it's a big deal. I asked for DeMar Hamlin. I actually got to go to training camp yesterday and it was, it was wild when you remember January to see him in full pads, like in the whole getup, like on there, you know, out there on the sidelines and everything. Um, it's amazing. It's just amazing. You know, and what I mean, the first time that he steps on a field is the crowd, whether it's a home game, away game, whatever, that crowd is going to go crazy. And he's just, the man's just a miracle. You know, think about nine minutes, you know, uh, everything that happened that day, that night, um, in that game, uh, for him to even be walking, to even be, be alive, frankly. Mm-hmm. And now here he is, he's getting ready for an NFL season. It's just, it's just a, 
something out of a soap opera, like with the, the crazy things where the character comes back or something happens. Like, you know, it's just, it's, it's crazy. Um, so it's a huge encouragement. What a great guy, good soul. You know, everybody learned about his charity, you know, uh, last season and everything. So it's really cool that he's a bill. Yeah. I, I mean, I think that's just, it's miraculous. His, his, uh, recovery from where he was and what we as a national audience witnessed happening and everything that happened the next two weeks off after that. Cause I think everybody was on Damar watch trying to find out, you know, the health of, of this young man. But uh, like you said, we got to learn a lot about him as charity and it's almost like a blessing in disguise because he suffered and, you know, going on a happy ending, you know, so far we're, we're glad about that. Going to be able to play football mm-hmm. again. It's even better, but it also, brought an awareness and put a big boost into his charity efforts. And, uh, you know, I think they set record numbers for, for that and way over their expectations and helped out a lot of people that he was trying to help. So probably in the end game, man, what a, what a, a fortuitous type thing. If you can, there can be such a thing for somebody uh, falling ill, especially in front of a, a massive audience. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. And the amount of money that was raised for his nonprofit is I mean, think of all the people that's going to help the years ahead. Um, it's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. It was great because the money was coming wasn't coming just from Western New York. It was coming from all over. You know, and Bill's Mafia is known to for raising lots of money, and oftentimes, uh, more often than not, usually for needs outside of Western New York. And so to see this national, global fandom actually give back to something associated with Western New York to a player's charity. Um, it's, it's just beautiful. Beautiful. All right. I'm uh, going to segue off the field a little bit. Something else that mm-hmm. Buffalo football fans and Buffalo mafia is famous for is the tailgating. Uh, you know, it's uh, famous across the NFL. When you think about tailgating in the NFL, Buffalo is probably the first one that comes to, to mind. Cause they, they feel, show it every time there's a bills game, they're showing out in the parking lot. So what is, if I'm coming to a bills game and there's one thing that I can try to eat up there. You know, we we know buffalo wings are famous, so that's that's too easy of an answer. What's one thing that I would want as I'm walking around tailgating that I would want to make sure I get a taste of? You know, that's a great question. Um, when you talk about tailgate food, I mean, a lot of it is just to be like burgers and dogs and uh, stuff like that. I mean, if you stop by the Mafia House on Face Street that faces the uh, the stadium, the back of the house faces the stadium. Um, there's they have a great set up every uh every week with tons of food available tons of barbecue everything that's pretty great so i'd recommend like stop in there if you're looking for something specific but um if you're in the area just you know whether it's during a bills game or not like we have sneaky good pizza like people don't people don't realize like chicago has its deep dish and there's new york style like new york city style um buffalo's pizza is severely underrated um so i would recommend anybody you know give that a try and then obviously a beef on weck um, which is a roast beef sandwich on a Kemblewick roll. Stop by Charlie the Butcher's, uh, really any restaurant that offers it. Mm-hmm. It is a very, it's a very good sandwich. Okay, and and I I see on the schedule for preseason that Buffalo is at Pittsburgh, who, who's my team here in Western Pennsylvania, and you're going down to Pittsburgh. So 
if I don't know if you're making the trip or anybody that's listening is going down for the trip, but you know, there's also some Pittsburghese type foods that like sort of like beef on wick where people say, you know, what, what the heck is that? But make, make sure, you know, Permani brothers is the sandwiches that mm-hmm. are famous for Pittsburgh with coleslaw and stuff. like So if you get a chance to stop at one of those, but also you're going to hear of things like called silver bullets and you're going to say, who, you know, what's, you know, is it, are we killing a vampire or something? Uh, a silver bullet is sort of a, a hot dog and a hot dog bun with tuna fish on it wrapped in tin foil. And it sounds kind of nasty and disgusting, but I guess maybe when you're uh, having some beverages before the game and you're feeling a little bit good about yourself, a little bit hungry, they don't really taste that bad. It's, it's actually pretty good. So if you get a chance to try, you <laughs> I'll have to try it. Life. So if somebody offers yeah. So Del, uh, before we let you go, why don't you go ahead? Let's, uh, put out your social media out there let's get the website and where people can purchase the shirts at for price six shirts yeah awesome thanks so uh, it's at del reed d-e-l-r-e-i-d on twitter and then on facebook and instagram it's at del reed 26 and you know our website is 26 shirts.com we're you know at 26 shirts across all the platforms but check us out we have tons of you know new designs that are coming out all the time and we have a lot of stuff that we have available all the time um, everything you're going to buy from 26shirts.com uh, gives back in some way, shape, or form. So whether it's a local family that we're helping or uh, a local nonprofit through some of the stuff that we offer year-round, um, you can be confident that every purchase you make is going to make a difference for someone uh, you know, out there in the fandom. Well, Del, we appreciate you coming on here. We appreciate you putting a positive spin on football by helping others through a football funding basically you're using football fans to help fund and help people out that's an awesome thing yeah great message great story and uh creating things like bill's mafia that's that's pretty cool too and some some great shirts so folks check check out 26shirts.com and dell thank you for visiting the pig pen today thanks so much for having me go bills Peeking up at the clock, the time's running down. We're going to go into victory formation, take a knee, and let this baby run out. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you back tomorrow for the next podcast. We invite you to check out our website, pigskindispatch.com, not only to see the daily football history, but to experience positive football with our many articles on the good people of the game, as well as our own football comic strip, Cleet Marks Comics. Pigskindispatch.com is also on social media outlets, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and don't forget the Pigskin Dispatch YouTube channel to get all of your positive football news and history. Special thanks to the talents of Mike and Gene Monroe, as well as Jason Neff for letting us use their music during our podcast. This podcast is part of the Sports History Network, your headquarters for the yesteryear of your favorite sport. You can learn more at sportshistorynetwork.com.